I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for February 24th, 2021. And my entire team for the last 10 minutes just had an insane laughing fit. I feel like I have like tears in my eyes still at the moment because someone sent me something that was absolutely hilarious. A former sitcom star sent me something that was incredibly funny. And we had to debate for 10 minutes whether we could play it, the video, because it would, it would bring down the angry cancel people on me. I don't think I'm gonna play it today, but I think we may play it tomorrow because. Oh, all right, we got a great show for you today. You know, yesterday's show, I did four stories and it was just like endless stupidity after endless stupidity about the media and Fauci and masks and lockdowns and everything else. So I thought today we're just gonna mix it up a little bit differently. Uh, and try to hit a few different things, but there's just there's just so much stupidity out there. And I hope that if you give me this, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a day, uh, that you feel a little less dumb. Because as I tell people all the time, if you're watching CNN, it's either making you dumber or angrier. Like who's watching an hour of Don Lemon and comes off feeling smarter or more enlightened? You pretty much feel dumber or angrier. And that goes for Cuomo and, and pretty much all of it. Um, so I hope that we don't do that around here and that this is uh, worthy of your time, which I sense that it is by reading your comments and hearing from you guys. Uh, quick reminder, guys, you can get $30 off your Blaze subscription, your annual subscription. Uh, this ends, this sale ends on Friday night, February 26th in just a couple days. Just go to blazetv.com. You don't even have to enter a code and you're good to go. Uh, the four stories that we're gonna hit today. First off, The Guardian, Posted a hit piece on me yesterday. It's been a while since I've had a mainstream hit piece calling me far right, but they did it. And we're gonna talk about that. What's old is new again. How nice, you know? It's been a while. I was kind of feeling left out. You know, nobody's called me alt-right or far right or, well, the usual Twitter losers do, but I mean, I haven't had like a mainstream media go for it in a while. So that was kind of refreshing. Uh, also, uh, are we going to ban Grand Theft Auto because of auto uh, <laughs> thefts? Well. We'll find out. Uh, Biden's trans health and human sec human services secretary uh, is now advocating for puberty blockers on young teens, which this is obviously one of the issues that even though it affects just an obscenely tiny amount of people, that's not to diminish the, the importance of uh, dealing with who you are and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for some reason, the trans issue seems to be paramount on everything else and I think is, is a really linchpin of why everything is so out of whack culturally. And then finally, you may remember two weeks ago, we did a couple episodes uh, where I showed you throwback clips to Ronald Reagan on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show, and people really loved it, and I loved it, because I felt like it, it frames a little bit about today by seeing something from the past. So there's a clip that's been going viral on Twitter for the last couple days uh, from Ron Paul. Uh, you guys know Ron Paul, the uh, former congressman from Texas, uh, who also is the founder of the Tea Party, and he's been basically the leading light of libertarianism in America for the last couple decades. He was on the Morton Downey Jr. show uh, in the mid, mid late 80s, I would say this was, and, uh, and get, got into a little fracas with somebody. And, and it's just worth watching because it, it makes you realize that the things that we're dealing with now, although they seem crazier and at some level, they are, especially when, we, you know, I just mentioned this trans issue, like when we see these things that start really 
sort of spinning out of control. Everything seems crazy, but it's good to look at some of the stuff in the past and realize, oh, people have been fighting about all of these ideas forever. So we're gonna cover all four of those. Before I get to it, people, I want to talk to you. Not about Bill Barr, the former attorney general. I want to talk to you about Bilt Barr. I've got the coconut almond in my hand right now. If you're having trouble avoiding leftover candy from Valentine's Day, I've got just the solution for you. Built Bar is the secret to eating healthier food while also eating tastier food. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a yummy treat. Healthy has never been this delicious. Built Bars taste like candy and come in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie and peanut butter. I've got the coconut almond right there. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, include both nut and nut-free flavors and are soft and easy to chew. I know with restaurants finally opening up, it'll be tempting to indulge, but we also need to shed those additional quarantine pounds, which is why Built Bars are the perfect alternative to pie for the health-conscious guy. Each bar contains 110 to 160 calories, 16 to 20 grams of protein, and three to five net carbs. It's only February, guys. Don't give up on your New Year's resolution. Built Bars are the answer. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Ruben to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Ruben for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And now back to me. I'm going to take a little sip of coffee. So there was a hit piece. It's been a while. It's good to be back, everybody. There was a hit piece uh, written in The Guardian uh, and it was basically about uh, Sky News Australia. Now, one of the hosts at Sky News Australia uh, is a friend of mine and a former guest on the show. Her name is Rita Panahi. Rita was actually born in the US but grew up in Iran. I had her on the show years ago. I've done her show in Australia a couple times when I was on tour with Jordan Peterson in Australia. I did her show in studio. I've done it on Skype a few times. Rita is an incredible voice for what I would say is old school liberalism, if you wanna call it current day conservatism, but individual rights, freedom, free press, open inquiry, all of those things that are now thought of as far right and alt right ideas, right? Uh, so I love Rita, I think she's, a, she's an actual journalist, which is very rare these days. She's an excellent writer also, and I highly recommend you follow her on Twitter. I think it's just at Rita Panahi. Uh, but in any event, uh, she hosts a show uh, that she's one of several hosts, I believe, uh, called Sky After Dark. And this is where they interview all sorts of people from all over the world. And I've been on this show a couple times and we talk about the usual stuff that I talk about here. In any essence, the show is obviously picking up some steam. And uh, as you know, Australia is having all sorts of crackdowns on things right now. You probably heard over the last few days, Facebook has taken out a ton, a ton of uh, free thought, and libertarian leaning and even centrist, basically non-woke Facebook pages have been annihilated off Facebook. So they're having major censorship problems. They're having all sorts of lockdown problems like we're having here in the United States and everything else. Uh, but obviously the show Sky After Dark is picking up some steam because what happens once you start doing something sort of outside of the mainstream and even though Sky News is a giant corporation, you know, there's always sort of shows on these networks that are a little outside of the mainstream, right? Remember Red Eye on Fox News? That's where Gutfeld sort of got his start and it was like, it was like, whoa, are these guys, do these guys even realize they're on cable TV? Well, there are shows that are a little looser, a little more fun. Anyway, I don't wanna make it all about the show. In any event, I've done the show a couple times and uh, the title, what was the title of the article? Do we have the title here? It was uh, Sky News Australia is tapping into the global conspiracy set and it's paying off. <clears throat> 
Very, very scary stuff. Uh, and then here's the quote about me, which I just thought was great. And I hate to, I hate to make the news about me, but I just thought this perfectly illustrates like the, the never ending nonsense that we're all kind of dealing with these days. Quote, the Sky After Dark team also regularly interviews far right figures who have big social media followings in their own countries. Recent interviews have included the Reform UK Party's Nigel Farage, Katie Hopkins, the UK commentator who was banned from Twitter for hate speech, and US political commentator and YouTube personality, Dave Rubin. Now, first off, um, Nigel, I, I like Nigel. I got drunk with Nigel in the morning once in the UK, in London, that was fun. We had a couple big gin and tonics, and then I gave a speech over at, the, at Oxford Union, the most important speech of my life, which I actually think I nailed, even though I was a little buzzed. I knocked back like three shots of espresso right before I did it. You can find that online if you just search my name and just search Dave Rubin, Oxford Union. Anyway, Katie Hopkins I've also had on the show. She's a bit of a flamethrower for sure, no doubt about it. Uh, but an US political commentator and YouTube personality, Dave Rubin, and they are describing us all as far right. Now that's all it says about me in the article. It does not go into any, not even one of my political beliefs, my far right political beliefs. I did write a whole book, I've got it back there, uh, defending old school liberalism. Anyway, I only mention this, not even really because I care. You know, years ago when these things would happen all the time, right? And they were always happening to Jordan and they were happening to, to Ben Shapiro and they were happening to Sam Harris and a whole crew of people. It's like, we all get that the mainstream media is awful. And basically at this point, I mean, they've done something so dangerous here because they've really cried wolf to the point that when the wolf shows up, when the really far right person shows up, and they will, by the way, and they exist, obviously. Uh, and what I mean by that is someone, forget far right specifically, when the really racist person shows up, when the really xenophobic person shows up, when the, when the real authoritarian shows up, no one's gonna listen anymore because you've run around and called people like Dave Rubin far right. So years ago when this was happening virtually every other day, there was a hit piece written about me on Mother Jones or Daily Beast or HuffPo or any of just these awful publications that are all now floundering, right? And, and we all know it. Uh, it used to, I used to feel like I had to fight it and I'd, I'd be arguing with Twitter people and usually you know, tons of you guys would, would come to my defense, which was great. It's been a long time since one of these happened, probably about a year for me. So I just thought this was worth mentioning because uh, maybe in your life, I suspect that you get it, like when, when you were to come across an article like this and they just say someone's far right and, you're, and they don't even say why they're far right or anything else. It's like, well, you know that, but it's important to really understand it so that when your friend says, when your friend sees scary Dave Rubin on your, on your iPhone uh, you, and goes, well, you listen to far right Dave Rubin? Well, you, you have sort of the ammunition to go ahead and say, well, not only is he not far right and wrote a book defending liberalism, but this is the way that mainstream media deals with people they don't like. And that's really what this is about. By the way, I, uh, I tweeted this morning, I found the, the author of the article. Sometimes these articles are completely anonymous. The author did have her Twitter name attached to it, so I did ask her to clarify her statements and let me know if I do hold any far-right opinions. Uh, you're not gonna believe it, I did not hear back from her. Okay, anyway, moving on. I wanna talk to you guys about N-Guard watches. I've got one on right now, it's pretty, 
It really is pretty beautiful. Look at this thing. Can you see this thing? It's really nice. Uh, the CEO of eGuard Watches has used the brand to make to take a strong stance against censorship and continued lockdowns with incredibly powerful video, which with an incredibly powerful video called "What Is Freedom," which has gone viral. You guys absolutely should check it out on YouTube. It, it's a real synopsis of a lot of the things that I've been talking about here for a long time. Their TBL watch is a functional, sturdy, reliable piece designed to honor our law enforcement. eGuard stands proudly with our law enforcement officers and are proud to give 15% of all profits from this piece to law enforcement charities. Watches are undeniably one of the most notable ways to express yourself, perhaps the most historic of all accessories. All eGuard watches are incredibly unique and well-crafted. Whether you're an avid watch wearer or you're finally coming around to the idea of adding a designer watch to your wardrobe, there are several different styles and movements that you can choose from. Visit eGuardWatches.com. Use discount code Ruben to get 15% off your next timepiece. That's eGuardWatches.com. Discount code Ruben. It really is a beautiful watch. And a bunch of you guys actually have, have purchased the watch and uh, posted your, your wrists and your timepieces in the Ruben Report community. So I love seeing that as well. Okay, let's talk about Grand Theft Auto. You guys know, and I don't like to brag around here, but yes, I was assistant manager of Electronics Boutique, which is now known as GameStop, which of course became you know a huge Wall Street situation a couple weeks ago. I was assistant manager of Electronics Boutique in Broadway Mall in Hicksville, Long Island in 1999. I moved a tremendous amount of red Pokemon, tremendous amount of yellow Pokemon. You could not get video games on Long Island if you didn't go through me. I know a little something about video games, okay? Well, an Illinois Democrat by the name of Marcus Evans, he wants to ban Grand Theft Auto, claiming that Grand Theft Auto, the game that I'm guessing many of you have played. I used to have Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I think it was on PlayStation 1. And yes, you can you can carjack. Somebody's driving down the street and you can just run into the street, stop their car, pull them out of the car, take the car. You can also punch hookers, you can blow up helicopters, all sorts of stuff. He seems to think that all of the bad stuff that you can do in that, you can shoot random people, you know, you can steal things, flamethrowers, God, God only knows what else you can do. He's very worried that kids are playing that game and then going, you know, I just carjacked in the game and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little carjacking in real life. By the way, there's no evidence, uh, before I even read the quote from the Daily Wire, there's no evidence that video games cause violence. You know, this was a thing for many, many years. You guys may remember 20 years ago when uh, it was Joe Lieberman and John McCain were leading this fight to get Mortal Kombat out of video game stores. And then there was this huge, it was a really interesting thing. There was this really uh, big fight between uh, Sega and Nintendo when Mortal Kombat came out on the consoles because in the arcade there was blood everywhere. Sega said, yeah, we're gonna leave the blood in. N Nintendo wanted to be a little more family friendly. They got rid of the blood. But the point is, nobody in the name of Mortal Kombat ever froze somebody, then ripped their skull off with their spine attached to it and, and finished them. Nobody's done it, nobody's done it. So video games don't cause violence. There's a lot of studies that prove it. If anything, they've proven that they actually lessen violence because you're able to get some of that angst and that rage and that stuff that we've all got you're able to get it out of your system in a healthier way. Uh, but the Daily Wire did a piece on this. They said, uh, Chicago, Illinois has seen a spike in carjackings in 2021, even though carjackings in 2020 increased more than 135% compared to 2019. So 2020 went up 135% uh, more than the year before. 
To combat the spike that they're suddenly seeing again, an Illinois lawmaker has proposed banning Grand Theft Auto, a video game that has had a new entry in almost a decade. The Chicago Sun-Times reported that Evans's new bill would amend the 2012 law to, quote, ban the sale of anyone of video games depicting psychological harm, including motor vehicle theft with a driver or a passenger present. The bill would also amend the definition of what constitutes a violent video game to include one where players control a character within the video game that is encouraged to perpetuate human-on-human violence in which the player kills or otherwise causes serious physical or psychological harm to another human or an animal. Okay, so you can already see, I feel like I don't even need to explain this that thoroughly, why this is completely ridiculous. Once you start saying the government should tell us what art we should watch, what video games we should play, what books we can read, what movies we can go to, uh, you are opening a Pandora's box where the only thing that any of us will be allowed to do is sit in a dark room and stew in our own juices. And that's kind of what they want from us, so maybe that's where this is all going. Uh, It's not just that video games don't cause violence. Um, It's that they are an escape, as I just said. And the idea here, okay, we're human, you can't have human on human violence. Okay, goodbye Call of Duty. I mean, goodbye virtually every game. I mean, so what do you say? So Star Wars games, because you got a Wookiee killing an Ewok, is that all right? Or that's too much? Or you can have cartoon violence. Like, it's all just, this is all just humans trying to manage the human mind. And it's simply not possible. Now, in their defense, because I will give the devil his due, I had never, and this is a fact, I had never eaten magic psychotropic mushrooms before I played Super Mario Brothers, okay? So I got Super Mario Brothers, I was nine years old, it was 1985, and my buddy John got, he was the first one to get 8-bit NES, Nintendo Entertainment System, and we saw Mario eating mushrooms, and I had never eaten magical psychotropic psilocybin mushrooms, Uh, until that point. I waited about 10 years, and then when I was in college, I did try magic mushrooms. Is that directly related to Mario eating the mushrooms? I don't know, I don't know. Sonic the Hedgehog, I played a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't wanna tell you what I did after uh, playing Sonic the Hedgehog, you know what I mean? Okay, we've all made mistakes in life. But all right, I think you guys got my point. This This is all just silliness, and if you're watching this and you like to play video games, play video games. Uh, but but don't blow up cars, don't steal things and punch hookers. I think that, that suffices. I don't think we need a bill uh, to say that, but uh, you know, uh, these people, they just wanna manage every little part of your life, when you can go out, who you can talk to, what you can say online, how many people can be at the restaurant you eat, what type of people can be at your house, can we track you all the time to see if you've gotten the vaccine, Are we gonna make sure that you play Mario Brothers while sitting on a couch and not a chair? Like it's all just like endless silliness. And and speaking of endless silliness, uh, this woman, Rachel Levine, this is uh, President Joe Biden's transgender health and human services pick. Uh, Well, a tweet from her from about a year ago, it's from January of last year, has come out And it's got some people kind of raising their eyebrows going, what exactly is going on here? So I wanna throw to the tweet, uh, and it's it's pretty interesting here. Uh, This is, uh, as I said, just about a year ago, Dr. Rachel Levine, now Secretary Levine, a new study has found that transgender youth with access to a puberty blocker 
have decline in chances of suicide and mental health problems now and in the future. This study is important because it's the first to show this specific association. Let's leave the tweet up for just a second. First off, I just hate people that use the hashtags that way. It's like you're mocking yourself. Hashtag transgender, hashtag mental health. That's a little insider baseball uh, for you on the, uh, on the Twitter side of things. Uh, but interesting, so in essence what she's saying is that young children should have access to puberty blockers if they feel they are trans. Okay, now we can have all sorts of debates about when, when and if children should be allowed to do this, do they, what age they should be at. Uh, I would highly recommend that you check out my interview from about two months ago with Abigail Schreier, who wrote a book called Irreversible Damage, where she uses data and facts to show you that there, there is actually an epidemic of young girls. It's mostly young girls transitioning to being boys and they're doing it at increasingly younger ages. And then there are all sorts of regrets. There are all sorts of medical problems. There are all sorts of psychological problems. Now, all of this, as I always say, is, is in no way an attack on the trans community. It is no way an attack, an attack on anyone who wishes to live their life as they see fit which I would always defend as long as they're doing it within the laws of the United States, obviously. Um, but the idea that the person that is the assist, what is she, the assistant, the health and, her, health and human services uh, pick, Dr. Rachel Levine, that, that this is an idea that they're gonna be pushing that younger and younger people should transition, that we should give these people puberty blockers. This is seriously dangerous. We've got a quote here from the National Pulse a professor of pediatrics and psychiatry at the Penn State College of Medicine, Levine has given lectures in various settings since at least 2012 on how to perform sex changes and gender conversion therapy on children. According to Levine, children ought to be given the latitude to choose their own gender. Levine has advised adults to try not to force them one way or, one way or other and instead to follow the child's lead. That is deeply dangerous. Now, I don't care that Rachel Levine is trans. I don't care, it is irrelevant. Now, it's obviously why she got the job, right? Because we love diversity, right? We've got our gay secretary of transportation and Pete Buttigieg, does he have any knowledge of transportation? It's irrelevant, he's gay. And we've got our trans health woman over here. Okay, let's put the identity politics behind. What I don't like are her ideas. The quote that I just read right there, that instead of it being up to the adults, we should follow the child's lead. You know that part of growing up in life is sort of figuring out what the world is and how you feel things and how those things that you feel kind of match up to the world. And that in many cases, there are, you might feel something when you're five years old and not feel it when you're 12. And in some cases, get this guys, you're gonna think something at 18 that you won't think when you're 44. It's really crazy, but the idea that you would not that the, you would take the the capacity for the decision making about something that's like basically the most extraordinarily large existential issue that a person that a potentially trans person could face and you would say oh the the 5 year old should decide that you, one of the other things about this that people don't really understand is how these are the same people who love to tell you that they're pro gay right they're pro gay people but really what are they saying so now you've got a 5 year old who happens to be effeminate, let's say, happens to be effeminate and likes playing with Barbies instead of GI Joes. 
Now, first off, the parents get a whole bunch of social cred, right, if they have a trans child. So they're gonna sort of feel like, ooh, now they're gonna get some sort of value in this crazy intersectional Olympics that is being played all the time. So they're gonna kind of push their child to do it. But what you may actually have when you have, say, an effeminate boy is just an effeminate boy who perhaps will turn out to be gay. And if gay is okay, which that's what, well, certainly what I believe, but it's also what the lefties and the wokesters are always telling us, well, then it's perfectly fine to be an effeminate gay boy. And it's for, certainly fine to be, say, a butch uh, young girl, right? Like we, we shouldn't be caring about all these stereotypes. But when she says, when, when Rachel Levine, who I'm using her, preferred pronoun says, oh, we should leave it up to the child. Well, the child is going, okay, I'm, I have these parts. I like to play Barbie. I can, I can just become a girl. Like not having any clue of the, of the problems, the medical procedures, the money, the psychological stuff, all of those things. But we should follow what the child says about this thing and not what the parents say. And I would say this is just consistent with the sort of ridiculous woke equity policies that, that this government is throwing at us. And I do think that, as I said yesterday, more and more people are just gonna start basically checking out of society in a certain way. More and more people are just gonna be getting off the machines, figuring out how to educate their children, take care of their families, defend their property and things like that. Because the, the thing, the thing itself ain't working anymore. Right, like the thing itself, any given day, wear masks, don't wear masks, stay in your house, don't stay in your house, transition your child, don't play video games. It, it, it's all like, it's this weird cocktail of lunacy that we're all, we're all negotiating with all the time. This is actually very much what, my, what my, next book, my next book is gonna be about, which I'm working on right now. Okay, I wanna do one more for you, uh, and this is gonna be the throwback. I am gonna keep trying to do these because I think it helps us frame the present when we look to the past. Uh, so Ron Paul, libertarian Tea Party guy, Ron Paul, who I had on the show about a month ago. Uh, he was on the, uh, wait, what show? Oh, this was on the Morton Downey Jr. show. I was gonna say the uh, the Maury show. No, this is Morton Downey Jr. show back in the mid 80s. If you don't remember Morton Downey Jr., if you're, if you're a little younger than an old timer like me, this, you, you gotta, after this, on YouTube, just Google Morton Downey Jr. show. This show was wild. There was this guy, he had these really big teeth and he was very loud and very boisterous and angry, sort of a precursor to Trump in a certain way. Uh, and he would chain smoke on the show all the time. And he'd bring on all sorts of people to yell at each other and they'd argue about race and they'd argue about politics and the audience would be screaming. Like in many ways, the reason I was gonna say it was the Maury show is like the Maury show became this thing about, oh, who's the baby's daddy kind of thing. And then, you know, there was uh, all, the, all the other daytime talk shows and Jerry Springer show, people come out and punching each other. In many ways, this guy, Morton Downey Jr., he was the father to that. So he was on at the same time that Phil Donahue was on. Donahue was sort of the respected one. And then there was Morton Downey Jr. was more the clownish one you might think of as, as the Trump uh, of the situation. Anyway, he at times would have these really, really great political debates. And I remember watching this stuff as a kid. So this clip that I'm about to show you has been going viral the last couple of days. And I want you to listen to Ron Paul and not only because he's saying the exact same things that he still says now, but you tell me if you think basically what he's saying is right or completely crazy. And then just watch like the, the beautiful back and forth. There's such a great moment here. All right, take a look. 
Ask me why we still finance the communists. Ask me why 70% of the military budget is spent overseas. Ask me why the good airplanes are overseas and the lousy airplanes are not here. In the, the lousy airplanes are in the Air National Guard. I would say clean out the State Department, spend more money on our national defense, have an anti-communist uh, uh, policy. Don't sign these treaties with the Soviet. Don't extend loans to the Soviet Union. And not to fight these wars with the funds we raise from the illegal drugs. So under the libertarian society, no, we don't fight Vietnam wars. We don't fight the Korean wars. We fight wars to defend we America. And we stand for America. Baby. We stand for freedom. Yeah. 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 Yes, we, we get high. We get high, Mark. We get high on the ideas you of freedom. We get high because freedom and liberty is worth it. responsibility of yourself. Don't assume the government makes your decision. You, you say no. Don't no. say the government. You say no. You have the courage to do it. I think I detect his voice changing. Maybe his cojones are getting small. No nos against drugs. It's a program geared primarily down to kindergarten. We do it through music, a cartoon character called Little No-No the Drug Fighter, no one else in the United States is giving us a hand. It's a tyrannical approach to solving a social medical problem, and we endorse the idea of voluntarism and self-responsibility, family, friends, and churches to solve problems, rather than saying some monolithic government is going to make you take care of yourself and be a better person. It's a preposterous notion. It never works. It never will. The government can't make you a better person. It can't make you follow good habits. Why don't they put you on a diet? You're a little overweight. And I think you'd be in better health. You want to make You know, I'm tired of people like you. I'm tired of people like you using the Constitution to do whatever you want to do. If we legalize drugs, we're giving up on the whole country. God, there's there's so much great stuff there. That line uh, where he basically tells the fat guy to lose a little weight that the government can't do it. I mean, it's just perfect. The, the, the woman at the end there, I'm tired of people like you using the constitution in this bad way. Um, anyway, I, I thought it, there's a lot there because it's like people were emotional, they're screaming. You know, we're always told that things are so much worse now and we're more afraid and it kind of feels like that because of social media and everything else. But we've always been afraid. These are always the big issues of our time. But the interesting stuff there is at the beginning, you can see how consistent he is, right? Like he's absolutely consistent with his beliefs 30 years later, get out of wars, he wants to end the drug war. Now, the funny thing is they're, they're all chanting just say no, which was the policy obviously of Nancy Reagan at the time Ronald Reagan was president. Now, I, I lay this out in my book. I, I'm for decriminalization of most drugs, but I don't want to decriminalize say meth or other hardcore drugs. Um, I would prefer not to be putting people in jail for these things if you sell them then I think there's something else. Um, but I, I personally don't take the pure, pure libertarian approach on this. I've debated, debated this, by the way, uh, several times with Michael Malice. I, I don't want a meth lab next door to me, right? Um, and I, I, by the way, I fully understand the libertarian arguments on this. But the point is, in essence, what Ron Paul is saying is there are, there are psychological problems, there are personal problems, there are problems about dependency, but these are things to deal with in your family, as he says, in your church, in your local community, things like that. We shouldn't be just saying to the government, oh, can you fix all of 
my problems, if only that thing out there that's not really good at anything but it's above me, if only that could tell me what to do, I would be a better person. Uh, so I just love the fact that 30 years ago these debates were being had, and by the way, nobody, as far as I know, nobody got violent in that clip, and maybe we do need some more shows like this. It was actually making me think, once this um, pandemic, whatever you wanna call it at this point, once, once this thing ends, maybe I should be doing a studio show and we'll get people in from both sides and people can start screaming at each other, and as long as nobody's violent, we'll, we'll have some fun with it, because maybe we do need a little bit a little bit more of that. Uh, anyway, guys, oh, uh, part two of my interview with Steven Crowder just went up this morning. Crowder was actually banned from Twitter yesterday. He's back on today, but most of our interview for the hour uh, with him and his lawyer, Bill Richmond, uh, is about their ongoing lawsuit with Facebook. Uh, and the fact that he got banned from Twitter yesterday because he just did a video on what he claims is some pretty rock solid evidence of voter fraud. Did I just get booted from YouTube while saying it? Did the whole channel just black out? Am I talking to nobody right now? I guess we'll find out in a minute. Um, so I think you'll find it really interesting. And, and we get into the, the, you know, do you want the free market to solve these things issues? Do we get into the, do you just uh, leave it to competition? Do you get the government involved? Is it a problem because you had a sort of more friendly government to our ideas a few months ago, now it's worse with the Biden administration? We get into all that stuff, it's, it's super interesting. Part two is up now. The full episode is already up at rubenreport.locals.com. That's all I got for you today. Have a great day, everybody, and uh, stay sane. It's gonna be all right.